What's going on, everybody? We're back again with another BHD podcast episode. Very glad to announce a new special guest tonight. And, you know, there's just there's nothing left to be said, man. And I'm very happy that you're able to come on last minute notice. Dude, it is a pleasure and it's an honor. And I especially on the last minute notice. I, just, I hit you with that, uh, that text while I was I, in town. Yeah. Sweet. I, I appreciate it, man. And uh, sorry, guys, to, to officially announce who's here. Dan, the man. Um, I didn't get your last name, dude. I just only for sure. What's, no, what, what's the full name? So the the full name is a whole enchilada, like literally. Okay. It's it's Dan Montes de Oca, so okay. it's Spanish, nice. of course. You know, yeah. Latino and all that. So has a ring to it. I like it. Little bit. I go by you know Dan MDO. It's whatever you want to call me. Cyphronics is my my ads on social media there we go. and whatnot. So throw it out there, and that's something that I forget to tell the the guests every time. So we got to get better at that. But uh, again, man, it's it's an honor. Again, like to have. Uh, have Trent a couple weeks back, and then now to have you. Um, let's just start off where we start off with everyone. You wear a lot of caps as well, so I think we need to really cover what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. So to start off wherever you feel like it. Absolutely. Um, like you said, I wear a lot of caps, but in line with the podcast, above everything else, I try to stay blessed, humbled, determined. Okay, I like I, that, man. I like the name. Like, I appreciate it, it. It's just it. It says it all. Really, you have your successes. You have your failures. You know, successes bless you, failures humble you. Yeah. As long as you stay determined through it all, you can really hit your stride and get through every, through everything. That's I like how you said that. I like how you worded that because I never really put it in full circle like that, man. It's crazy. Uh, I just kind of people ask me all the time, dude. That's kind of long, or where did you come up with that? Like it has a ring to it, but again, it can be long. And trust me, I've thought about all the different ways I could go around it. But <laughs> yeah. I think of it this way. Uh, I think of a brand and just how you know you could relate to this easily, and you want it to be something that. It, it's you, but it's not you, you know, fully, you know, it doesn't have your name on it. It's just who you are. Yes. And my parents raised me to be the three pillars. And that's the three pillars of what I was raised to be. Not to say that I lived that, Powerful. you know, perfectly my whole life. Like I have some ups and downs and I have some mistakes that I learned from, but I definitely am glad that you put it in those words. Cause that's what it's about. hundred percent. But like if I had to give a, a summer summarization, a summation rather of what I do, on a, a day job basis, I'm a web developer full time okay. for uh, my company MDO Media. So just kind of side hustle turned into a full LLC, everything yeah, along man. that line. So that's the day job. Creatively, I've been into videography in the past. I started, you know, eighth grade video camera, wow. the camcorder with the the yeah. cassette, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the physical media, and then that turned into a passion of just like movies and storytelling. Had a YouTube channel back in the day goes on and on that's when youtube was huge though i feel like if you had a youtube (laughs) channel back when it was really like kind of around that basis where people were just like oh you do youtube i feel like those people are the ones that now have that following and they do the subscribership to where it's it's successful now (laughs) like people trying to do it me myself trying to do it man it's hard i know the irony is that yeah it was like that in in high school Uh the freshman year i had the youtube channel it was a buddy brian cox and i it was montez media and we we ha- one of our first videos was for this electronic music competition, this okay. uh, remix comp where the artist wanted uh, a react kind of video style, and it was a yeah. react contest. So we did the YouTube channel, did the react video, ended up winning third place the contest. We won Sweet. tickets to the venue. We were in high school, and we were in South oh, Korea at the time, wow. so couldn't even yeah. go like cash in the prize. Yeah, but the video I think today has like a, it's north of like one hundred thirty thousand views, which is nothing in comparison. But speaking to your point, had I been consistent at that yeah. age mm-hmm. rather than getting distracted and just focusing on something 
And that's kind of a point that I wanted to make throughout this is I've done a lot of things creatively. I've done okay. almost the whole gamut. But if I had a message, it's just to really stick with something for a few years, follow through with it. Right. And really track your progression, like with fitness, like I'm sure you could speak to that, but like you okay. can, you can track, you know, metrics, of course. like, okay, I'm growing or I'm not, how do I tweak that? But instead I got carried away. And like you're saying, YouTube back in 2013 or whatever it was at the time, had I stuck with it, man, you know, it's like, yeah, who knows yeah. where it would have been, but life is wild and it takes you in the it whole is. path. So. It is. And I think where you're ended, where you've ended up now, you know, we're sure. both young, so we, we have a sure. huge yes. life to live after this, but yes. You're successful. And, you know, like you said, you're blessed doing what you're doing. But I think there was some turns that were in there that put you in the spot that you're in now. And again, just like Trent said, you guys are very similar in your own in, in ways and you're different in your own. But, Dude. you know, at the at the end of the day, you guys have similar mindsets and you took what was given to you and you did the most with it. And you, the knowledge that you have and that you've expressed and the knowledge that Trent's expressed it's just, it's mind blowing. And just to be able to get a little bit of information from you guys is huge. You know, I learn, I learn from both of you. I'm humbled by that. No, because it's, it's the truth, man. Cause your podcast with Trent, if you haven't seen it, stop this, go watch my man Trent's podcast. <laughs> this is the chapter two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it in order. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like he's just so mind blowing. Cause he is so like unassuming when you meet him, he's just super friendly, like yeah. super mm -hmm. just like, Oh my gosh, real down to earth. Then you hear his story about how he's traveled, you know, the world in Dubai at however age that was. Sheesh, dude, young. Like, yeah. Really young. Super. And and to me, like I'm very humbled because I've had a wild life and I'm very blessed to have lived in Japan for like ten years, Korea for two and et cetera. And it's just it's so cool to meet other people that have had that and they stay level headed and they they take what has been they've been blessed with and they run with it. And yeah. it's like mm -hmm. that's what's so cool to see is because a lot of people, man, they have a cushy life, good life, whatever, privilege, whatever, and they just kind of, you know, whatever. They don't really give back or try to yeah. share the experience and be like, yeah, you know, living out there, what an amazing culture, the people, it's so cool, so different. Like, And I think to that point, a lot of it has to go in with not just even being a good person, but on top of that, you've you traveled the world, you know, you've seen the East Coast, you're up in New York right now, right? I'm, you, I'm out in North Carolina at Or the North moment. Carolina, yeah. okay, so you've so, been in New York, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, so, like I said, you... You've been places that I feel that there's so many different demographics and situations, Absolutely. people that you, you get accustomed to living not just a straightforward life. I come from a small town, and any kid from the small town can say, you grow up there so long, you don't experience what it's like in these bigger cities, you know? And it, it, can, it can, I guess, turn you into something that's soft. And I was yeah, soft when I came out here, you. man. When I came out here, I was like, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big shot. Yeah. I was a big shot back home. So right. I came out here, I was a nobody. And I was like, ooh, I kind of like this. It's, you know, I got to work for what I want. And that's where this is at, man. This podcast is, you know, it's growing day by day. But at the end of the day, I want to make it the best that it can be. And the best that it can be is going to be able to be known across a widespread of people that understand what this is for. Absolutely. So, Dude, uh, PhD 2032, y'all know where it is. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, man. I, like I said, if we keep doing things right, it's going to go in the right direction. But um, it's, so it's it's been great. I, I want to touch a little bit about the successes you've had. What has been probably some of the most highlighted success that has made you the person you are right now? I, like, like I was saying earlier, success, it's hand in hand with failure. It's right. the yin and the yang. Uh -huh. I've been on a lot of ventures. Like, I guess if you want to go technically, my successes, I can run through them. Uh, I started a Facebook group back in the day, 2013, called Knowledgeable Producers. 
And the whole idea was just people that were into music production at the time, like things like Skrillex just popped off and people right. learned okay. how to make beats and stuff. We built that community. To this day, I think it's standing around 15,000 members. I think the guy that founded it is still running it, the guy that founded it with me. So wow. it's cool to see that still kind of yeah. come to fruition and to have a community. I'm not no longer part of it, unfortunately. I'm not like, I don't have the time, but it's cool to check in every now and then. I'm not on Facebook really either. I don't have an account active, but it's cool to see that. Right. And then that kind of spurred my uh, desire for entrepreneurship, building something, seeing like, wow, at that age, like, oh my gosh, like people, you know, I'm just a teenager at the time and yeah. wow, all these people and, you know, we're hosting remix competitions. The very first one was for awesome artist signed on Fool's Gold Record. Uh, his name is Geo Theory. Uh, okay. He's based out of uh, New York, I believe, at the moment. Shout out Geo Theory. Great music. Um, so that was really cool to see happen at, at a young age. And then the businesses have started recently, you know, they've taken off and the journey with Father Fox was awesome. Powerful experiment. Um, unfortunately, just the age and how we went about it, it was, uh, it was very difficult. The experiment is on pause, you know, indefinitely yeah. at the mm -hmm. moment. But that whole experience, it taught me a lot about who I am and it taught me a lot about ambition and okay. sort of the dangers and the aspects of you have to be careful and you have to gauge things. If you're shooting for the stars, you better have a plan to land on the moon and you better have enough fuel to yeah. get there and you have to yeah. calculate. Not only that, you have to, you know, if you, in this analogy of going to space, you have to consider the unknown variables like solar radiation. In that case, for us, it was in my opinion, communication and the fact that we did all of it 100% remotely in two different time zones. Jeez. My partner was in Japan. I was in Phoenix. Wow. So doing it, we, we visited each other one time in Boston. And um, it was just looking back, it was like, how the hell did they do it? Like from that. The will, man. Right. The it's will, the, the will. desire. Yeah. And then ambition kind of came along. You know, efforts got spread a little. We were working on this startup, Arches Japan, and it, basically the Yelp of uh, military communities on mainland okay. Japan. Huge project, huge project, like mind-blowingly huge. So the ambition kind of got in the way of that. And, you know, like we were talking about, just ups and downs. But um, above everything else, everything that I've done, everything I'm doing, it's going to sound cheesy. But I think my most defining success is the relationship I have with my fiance yeah. and the love we feel. And, you know, we're going to get married this year in October. And we just had the... At the tasting today and sitting down at the venue and eating the delicious food and imagining all the family around and what that day will be like and it gets me teary-eyed just thinking about it and that to me is the, su awesome, the success that i'm most proud of and the so, one that i'm holding on so to. family's uh it's, it's, it's a priority to you it's huge man and it it's been a huge journey as well like every family has its rips in the quilt so to speak yeah. and the uh -huh. tears and the riffs but at the age now, it's just, man, like, the time is limited, like. Oh, most definitely. So. It, most definitely. It's just, and then, you know, recently I was rebuilding my uh, Cyphronics website, and I've been really into this concept of memento mori. I think it's Latin for, like, reminder of death or something to that extent. It's like, yeah, the, okay. it's like the skull tattoos they call them memento mori. Yeah, yeah, I've come across those. And so on the website, I built a timer, and it's starting from current, current day, whatever day you go to the website, you'll see the timer, and it's counting down to my 100th birthday. And I have 27,000 days left. Interesting. So okay. every time I want to go look at my portfolio, I'm looking that number in the face. 27,000. Next year, it'll be 26,800 yeah. and something. And Wow. That's that's interesting. Um, you know, I don't really think of it on that aspect. but Well, how can it you? Makes, you never know when you'll go. That's and, true. But it doesn't, 
it doesn't go to waste because it makes you know you look at it and you're working on something or you're on your landing page or whatever you're doing yeah. and you you're, you're looking it's like you're seeing it go down the time's going down you're like oh man yeah i gotta make every right. every second worth it and right that's a healthy way to look at it you know there's uh there's always a good and bad to look at that i look at things and you know i try to be the best at it and my dad is probably the best that i know who's very optimistic you know yeah. and he taught me the most when it came to that kind of stuff so in this case, you're looking at it as I'm going to make my time here worth it. And that's that's huge, man. And I can agree with the whole family thing. Everyone has their, you know, I call it dysfunctional. My parents call it dysfunctional. Right. There's dysfunctionalities right. and what their family does that makes them who they are. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's huge. Well, regardless if your family's blood or if your family is someone other, your significant other, I think it's huge to have that support system because you can only be as good as someone that holds you accountable. You know, you can always exactly. try to hold yourself, but there's going to be those days where you're down. You know, there's days where I'm down and I feel like, man, I, I, I can't wake up this morning. And, you know, <laughs> thankfully, you know, the girlfriend that I've had for the little time that we've been together officially, she's been there every, every day that I needed to get something done. Hey, make sure you're doing this. Hey, make sure, And it helps, you know. Awesome. I'm blessed by that. So, again, congrats to you, man. And I hope everything that goes throughout what you're going through just keeps going up for you. And, you know, it's cool to hear you talk about family because I don't think very many can go into that realm. Appreciate it. Like, we'd literally be nothing without family. Without parents, relationship, yeah. you have your father or mother, whatever it is, you literally wouldn't be here without them. So it's, it's true. It's very true. Um, no, so, touched on successes. What kind of, I wouldn't even say, you know, setbacks. So what kind of roads have you come across that have, again, built that mental toughness and built that, that will and that, um, that drive that you got right now? For sure. Um, there's a lot, you know, under the surface of every person. And I guess with me, probably the most challenging part about my life so far has just been the, the whole situation with uh, the 2011 Great Tohoku Earthquake. For those of you who are familiar or not, um, 2011, uh, a huge 9.0 magnitude earthquake struck off the coast of Japan, wiped out almost the whole coastline of that part of the region. Sendai, of course, was the epicenter of that. At the time, I was living 237 kilometers north in a military base called Misawa, Misawa Air Force Base. Shout out to all the kids that grew up there. Um, so being in the midst of that tragedy, you know, I think about it almost every week. I'm touched on just something yeah. kind of triggers that whole thing. And every time I move somewhere and get a new bed, I always kind of like wake up in the first week that I'm living there. And like, you know, I think there's like a shaking going on or something. Yeah. I can understand that. So, sheesh, man. It was, yeah, like, I'm very blessed, and we were nowhere near, like, the amount of damage of the, you know, 18,000 people that were just dead on shore break of the tsunami and everything that it caused, but just kind of taking a pause to to go back and the wave of memories just coming back over me. I'm getting, you know, tingles about it, but luckily I've, it's been, you know, 11 years since then, and it's just, I've had time to work through the trauma and work through my mental health and really big on Wim Hof method and meditation and the exercise that I can get into now finally with that, you know, running and everything. And yeah. just super good for the mind in that regard. But man, it's just the memory is so fresh, you know, 2.46 PM earthquake hits. We're all in the lockers uh, at, at high school, violent shaking, like unimaginably just Boom, like a bomb went off. Everyone's on the ground on their knees. Like, it's just drop. Wow. Running out the door. Still shaking. The shaking lasted so long. And then, 
you know, on the base, there's these towers and the Japanese build, you know, their towered buildings on rollers so that they sway and seeing that. And then the pool, the door bursts open, the water in it is affected by the earthquake. A mini tsunami pushes out the water of the door, yeah. powers instantly out, no cell phone towers, call dad, no answer, ringing, just boom, boom, boom. You know, you got you to hold yourself together at that point because I don't know how many uh, <laughs> high schoolers you're around or what your high school is like, but yeah. that's a lot of high schoolers, man. I'm to, starting to freak out. Like someone has to be that one to just be like, all right, what am I going to do next? That's survival. <laughs> like, no, I can't sit there and say I know what to do in that situation and someone in high school like you, like, yeah, it, it's it, crazy. It was insane. It was just everyone, you know, was trying to find their parents and go to their work. Luckily, my father worked at the high school. He was the business admin oh, for the okay. high school. So I went... To go find him, couldn't find him. He was in the parking lot, and he was tracking to go find my mom because our house at the time was oh. off base, All right. and it wasn't that far from the coastline. It was maybe like five miles from the coast. Yeah. Oh man. So in my mind, as a kid, and then of course there's sirens blaring, the tsunami warning sirens. So just all the visceral emotions that that happened, you know. And luckily, I found my dad, and we rushed home to mom, packed up the car, got seventy-two hour kids in, grabbed the dog. And then just hightailed it inland, just drove inland. And it was just the longest night. And it's in the middle of March in northern Japan, so it's okay. cold. It's, you know, it's not a good time to be without power and heat right. and everything. So it was just... Sheesh, dude. It was, <laughs> not man, to get heavy no, or anything, but... <laughs> it skyrocketed. Like, uh, <laughs> I think just you know, bringing a lot of guests on here and uh, trying to understand. And that's a, that's a big thing about what I try to do. I try to make it about, you know, the guests coming in, especially because I don't I don't bring very many guests that, you know, come more than once or twice. And if I do, we you know, we make sure to touch on it in the first episode. But I haven't heard a start a story like yours, man. That's that's intense. And unfortunately, it's a story that thousands and thousands of people in Japan you know, faced and, yeah. and some didn't face it. You know, they faced it and didn't you know, they don't have the story anymore. It's just. I tried not to look at it as something like, oh, wow, you have this excuse to be kind of like mentally disabled or having challenges uh-huh. or anything like that. I don't consider myself that, but it's just, I think trauma in any form, you can either let it define you or you can let it be a moment for self-exploration, introspectiveness, interoception, and everything just to kind of go deep and like understand, hey, you now know what it means to be alive, run with it. Like, yeah, take and it. I, the podcast that I listen to, man, some of these people going through these like near death experiences yeah. and it's almost like some people have to get put in that situation. Everybody gets put in a situation where they hit their low, you know, they hit Absol- the rock bottom. Absolutely. And that's why I put, I try my best to look at myself in perspective when I do feel that rock bottom. And it's like, there's 10,000 other people that have hit rock bottom at a lower pace and at a lower, you know, distance than I have. And I gotta, exactly. I gotta accept that. And in this situation, you know, for you, it's like you use it to to really just put things in perspective, and that's huge. You know, it's not an easy mindset to have. Not to say you've always had it, but you know, at some point, you gotta either you you know you move on, you move with the punches, or you just you sit there in the dark. Exactly, and and being in the dark on the floor crying, like I've been there. It's it is terrifying, and you almost just you know want to give up or you want to take it right. whatever, and it's just you can't let that happen. You have, you only have so many days on this planet and every day there's a sunset, whether it's a cloudy one or a beautiful Arizona one in the summer. You have to just look at life as this almost endless sea of opportunities. You know, and obviously a lot of people like ourselves, you know, we live in America, we have an amazing country, no matter how hard it is, et cetera. Yeah. 
Right. It's just you have to realize life is just you may only get one shot at it and you mm -hmm. have to really just kind of take it and seize it, you know, all that carpe diem stuff and whatnot. But I, th I think the thing about it, though, is and with trauma and people that have PTSD, they will sympathize with this is that no matter how dialed in you get with it, it will always kind of resurface and stay with you. I mean, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the weird thing about the earthquake situation is there was the big one. But it, I ran the numbers on the uh, USGS uh, survey, which is the US Geological Survey website. They, okay. they track seismic events in the world. They have a registry of all the earthquakes that happen. And in three months, I think there was something like 637, 4.5 magnitude or higher earthquakes. 600 earthquakes in three months that was in that radius. So yeah. every day, every night, That's there's little aftershocks. Aftershocks, I couldn't sleep for three months until we finally got evacuated out of there. It was... And we got evacuated out of there because That's intense, man. We got evacuated out of there because of the the nuclear, the Fukushima nuclear crisis was going on. That's why we got evacuated. <laughs> Everything, and then on top. <laughs> yeah, well, goes on top. You know, little cherry on top. <laughs> little cherry on top. You know, arguably worse than Chernobyl, but all good now. So it's just that situation of just being a kid and just being in bed and not knowing this earthquake's gonna pass, and if you have to book it to the car again to get inland, and just things like that. It just it stayed with me, I think, probably until I was, like, 21, and I finally started looking inward and, like, realizing, hey, okay. you, you have this, like, talk about it, yeah. be with it, understand it, because otherwise it will just eat away at you and just eat away and away and away. It's a very unhappy life, you know? Yeah. It's very it's, angry and why me type of situation. Yeah, and it's just also, like, anxiety-inducing, like, debilitating anxiety. I've had it, and it's just... You get the, the tingles, the weird feelings in your fingers. You can't right. drive. You start, <laughs> you know, that breathing and, like, all that. And it's just, it's like, man, that, what a terrible situation to be in. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad that you're here now. Like, that's, <laughs> it's crazy. I I put myself back in the day that I met you and Trent and everyone else. Um, you know, beautiful Zach. And, yeah, beautiful, man. It was, I don't think there was a better day, you know, coming into the spring um, era of what we're going through. But I just remember go, driving to, to the spot until getting to meet you guys. And, you know, Zach and I had a couple of calls before that. And he was like, yeah, man, these guys are good guys. Um, you know, they all know their stuff. And, you know, I believe Zach. I'm not taking anything away from him. But on the way over there, I was just like, man, I really hope these guys aren't some jackasses, bro. Like, For real. No disrespect. For like, real, I was driving. Like, I don't know who these people yeah. are. And I can come off as kind of a jackass. So I was like, man, I really Straight hope up. these guys are not selfish. I hope these guys aren't one of those, you know, these cocky dudes that really think they're above everything just because they're successful. Like, I just don't want to be around that. So I got wow. there, and I'll be the first to say, dude, like, I was completely thrown off, like, wow. by everything. Like, I, yeah. I was kind of already pre you know premeditating prejudging already something that I had no idea of who you guys were and it's kind of it was wrong yeah. it was wrong at the time and again I was in a place where I felt like I wasn't very secure with some of the things that I was doing at that time so you know it's it's crazy to hear your story and to hear where Trent's come from and just be like dang bro like you really had that thought in the back of your head right you know not to yeah. say that I was physically putting you on that or no, putting Trent on that it but, happens and then you yeah. hear the story you hear the stories and it's like dude I feel like an asshole you <laughs> yeah. know? it's just like and it's the chance you got to give everyone a chance man and regardless yes. of that's you know going out and offering them a dollar or five dollars or going out and just saying hi or, or offering a them day. a podcast episode. right yeah. exactly you got to give people a chance and i think that's something that i've tr i've been better at growing into because 
I never knew who you were. You know, you could have been whoever it was, but it's not up to me to decide that. It's up to the situation. You know, it's up to the person that Powerful. that can do that. And, you know, I can only control what I give off and the energy I give off. And right. everything that you guys gave off was right. Everything that I gave off was right that day. And here we are. Dude. You know, so. Well said, man. And it's, it's crazy. I'm not going to lie. And that day, you know, it was an awesome shoot and hike. And, you know, I'm over there in a, a full face respirator because I'm paranoid about COVID and also the dust a little bit. But I'm just so shocked that you had the humble, you know, to look at me. I looked like a weird stormtrooper, man. It was super, super <laughs> sus. Right, yeah. And for you to like still have that impression of, wow, I was, you know, maybe misjudged or something like. You totally never know, even down to the appearance of somebody or anything. Yeah, it's just it's, like, you know, I'd know what I looked like that day, and I couldn't have blamed you if you were even like, dude, that guy was weird, and he peeled off afterward. It was like, you know, you just never know. And, like, people also have the ability to sort of reveal different aspects of themselves in different situations. Yeah. So it's just. I agree. Like you were saying. It's, it's huge, and that's why I think, um, I forgot I was talking to someone about, oh, I had a buddy. He uh, came in. He's a DJ back home. You know, he's been my guy. Oh, yeah. We've been good episode. friends. Yeah, we've been good friends probably since our freshman year, sophomore year of high school. We played baseball together in middle school. So he, I had just started a podcast at, uh, at the university uh, where I was at for the last three semesters. And that's kind of where I got all the podcasting going. And, you know, he had reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, I'm doing this promoting thing for this big time brand right now. We're getting ready to take over El Paso and Las Cruces. He's like, I'd really like to get on. And I'm like, dude, heck yeah, whatever I can help with. Fell through, fell through, you know. We get back on here. This is probably four years later, three years later. I tell him, hey, man, like, I didn't mean to dodge you. I didn't mean to, you know, try to big league you. But it just felt it didn't, it didn't go well. And I'm going to be the first to tell you, I don't think it was the right time. Like, I don't think my podcasting skills or where the podcast was at would have been a benefit to you. And he comes and looks at me and he says, dude, I was in a good spot that year. I was in a good spot to even step on a mic and just sit here and talk about what I was trying to do because I wasn't doing it. Wow. So for him to come on and just be so open to just you know not yeah. not holding it against me or holding a grudge about it yeah we made something happen we made something really cool something amazing and like i said i'm not a big analytic guy when it comes to stuff like this i know it's still growing but it seems like the podcast episodes that are true and that are from the heart mm. do they they blow the charts the off. numbers yeah. they blow the charts off and wow. I think just in your situation, like I said, we could have done it last year Straight you know, up. easily. You could, we could have forced something happen, right. but, but it wouldn't have been real, man. Well, and yeah, and in the time since, like just the amount of growth that I've personally been having, and just everything, and then a little bit speaking to to moving again. Like I've moved my whole life so many times, like but this recent move from you know Arizona to the East Coast. Man, this visit that my fiance and I have taken this little week to come back and do the wedding stuff. Yeah. I miss it. And man, you don't know what you have until <laughs> it's gone, man. And like just being back, it's like, wow, this valley, this infinite potential valley of the sun, man. Everything, the five point, whatever, eight million people live in here. It's so good to be back. And it's grounding. It's super in, grounding. In, a, in a healthy way, it's grounding. And it is. It's I, I can acclaim to that too, man, because I used to hate going back home you know for the first year i was here i probably visited maybe twice yeah. and these last i would say from the last six to seven months i've been back home probably about five or six times and nice. every time i go down it grows yes i feel like the older i get the more i appreciate the things and the people that i come across because they're good people back home man it's Straight a family-oriented city Straight up. but good people in new mexico it, yeah and you know like you said there's times where we just need to go we need to be with our people you know we need to be around the sun around the valley yes. around the people that you know, you, you grew with because it's okay to leave where you came from. But don't forget where you came from, man. 
that's that's huge right there and you know that's going all apart being a part of being humbled is you got to understand where your roots came from that's huge you know it is because if you neglect your roots they'll become rotten and then got a pretty jacked up situation oh most definitely (laughs) um I, yeah. I agree completely. So do you feel like your your mental toughness has, you know, kind of excelled these last couple of years with everything, um, with the move and, you know, your your fiance and your situation, you, you guys getting together, you feel like that's kind of tested the waters or has it been pretty strong? The strength has been there. I think a lot of it is just kind of on, it's on me in a lot of ways. Right. And, and a lot, you know, the cliche of you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. For me, I suppose it's just, it's doubly true. I just have this, um, you know, this this weird concept. I don't know who coined it, but the whole idea of self sabotage of just like oh, for sure, you know, mm-hmm. deep down in your subconscious somewhere, you have this weird thing, whether it's my trauma or whatever, just some sort of weird little devil on your shoulder that just kind of like, oh, you you have this in front of you, this you know, fifty thousand dollar gig, you can go run it right now, but some weird part of your brain that's like, no, nah, I'm gonna procrastinate or no, nah, I'm uh-huh. gonna go like do something weird. So there's just been a lot of interesting wrestling matches with that and then just kind of like recognizing it and learning to to recognize and it's just a really interesting really interesting thing to face on and i've had this like my whole life almost but it's just it's interesting to to look at it just straight in the mirror and say i see you and so for my for me my next thing is to kind of um just like embrace like the whole like talk therapy thing like you know i haven't done therapy yet like why not like okay I'm i'm gonna check it out you know, I'm sure you can tell just based on the intensity of this episode alone, like I, there's a lot of things I can speak to with that. So it's, it'd be good to speak with a, a clinician about it and just kind of level it out and really just see what the, the origin of that self-sabotaging yeah. thing is and, okay. you know, eliminate it. Have you ever dialed deep into that other than just within yourself? Have you ever, you know, put that out on paper or per- put that out verbally? Sure. Yes. And my beautiful fiance, I love her to death, and she's the ear, <laughs> the ear for that for okay. sure. So, definitely talked with her through that, and her main thing was like, "You need to go to therapy." And I was like, "Okay, like that's huge, you. man." Yeah. I feel like you have to have a lot of trust, and you have to be open to hearing that because yeah. to anyone, I mean, everyone has somewhat of an ego, you know, depending on how big or small it can be. But yeah, that can definitely mess with someone's ego. Oh, for sure, well, it, it it deflates you. But as any person that you know is that understands the ego, you have to experience a proverbial eagle death to, yeah. to have the rebirth of the ego, the re, yes. you know, the Phoenix aspect of the rebirth through fire right. and things like that. So that's interesting. You bring that up because uh, this is something that, you know, my girlfriend and I have talked about. Um, I probably tapped into the whole therapy life um, about two years ago, man. I was in a really deep hole where I was back home and I just felt like there was nothing going for me and yeah. I felt like I needed it. You know, the situations that I put myself in, the people yeah. I surrounded myself around. So I did it. I wasn't really a fan of it going into it. And right. I met this awesome therapist and she was great. Awesome. She really worked with me for the year that I was there and it was amazing. You know, I really learned hear. stuff about things that I didn't want to learn about. You yeah. know, I was denial. I was the ego guy. I was like, no, I'm not this. I'm, I'm, I'm this. And this is their fault. This isn't my fault. They wow. put me here and just stepping into that life, man. It really, after stepping out, I was such, I was such a better person. And wow. the way I looked at life was completely different. Um, so talking like my girlfriend, going back to my girlfriend, she, uh, she mentioned it and she was a look like, I don't, I don't know where you're going to take this or how you're going to take it. But I feel like at a certain point in our relationship, we should definitely think about getting, you know, maybe some couple therapy straight up and, you know, some stuff that she went through, some stuff that I went through in our, my past relationship. And I was like, you know what? I was like, honestly, I'm, I'm in for that. Like, yeah. I'm totally open for that. Yeah. Cause 
I know where my faults were in the situation and the relationship that I was in. Sure. And I'm, I don't want to do that again. Right. You know, I want to, like right. I said, I want to face it. I want to know where I can be better at and I want to know what my strengths are. So I can, I can attest to that, man. It's not something easy to talk about. It's taboo. It's powerful, man. It's huge, man. It's, but it needs to be talked about more. It does. And you know, the fact that we're having this conversation, if you think, if you've been just thinking about going to therapy, just go do it. It's tough. Yeah. It's, it's it's so easy. Like you may think, Oh, I got to call this. I got to do this. And it's, it's just a call. Like it's a phone number and you just, you know, have your insurance or whatever and straight up just pick it up and do it, man. Yeah. No, I'm and I'm so hearing just that that you went through therapy like that to me this like brotherly connection like passing that on like I that makes me even more invigorated to go do it and we'll definitely do an episode touching when oh, I yeah. do come back you know like hey it's been a year man did therapy or I'm doing it and then, you know speak to that and I'm looking forward to that genuinely. It's it's interesting because you step in so just a little bit like not even to go in too deep but. The first session, the first two sessions are always the hardest. It's like an interview. You know, you step in regardless of how they go about it or how, or how they construct it. They always ask you, you know, what's your story or like, you know, what's what's going on? What do you feel like is stuff that you is holding you back? And you just really think about it. And it's like you got to go in prepared. It's like going to practice. You got to you got to do the homework before you step in to be the best that you can be. You know, so I just was like, you know what? This is what I'm not OK with. This is what's been hurting me. And this is where I feel like I cannot get past in my life. And it's huge, man. It's hard. I got teary-eyed, you know, the first session oh, that yeah. I had, and it was deep. And I felt like it was going to be a lot of, you should have done this. You didn't mm. do this right. And Talking down. Yeah. And it was almost like she probably had 15 years on me, dude, and I was talking right here. <laughs> wow. Like, everything was right here. And she was like, well, do you feel like they were wrong for you to do that? And I was honestly a little bit. And she was like, well, they probably were, but it is on you to change your mindset. It is on, and it's powerful, you know, not to go into specific, but that was just kind of like the, the more or less the the first couple of sessions, but it's huge, man. I really wish you the best of luck with that. And I think, I think anyone, I don't think it should be something that people need. I did it at the wrong time. I should have been doing it even on my highs, you know, even on my wins. And I think the overall stereotypical, Oh, go to therapy when life's bad. Right. It's, we need to get away from that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I should have gone when I was younger, like right after everything happened. But, you know, I'm in a good situation. I think it's a good time to go in. Yeah, it's like exactly. You, where you're kind of stable and you're That's true. doing that deep thinking. I'm about to get married. You know, I want to really understand the nature of the beast that that is me and just kind of, like you said, learn to live with it and just like face it. And all. So It's huge, man. Um, it's exciting. Just the last couple of things that I want to ask you about before we, we head out. Um, you know, I asked Trent. The other day or a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm big about giving back to the community. I'm big about the youth that are coming up. So Absolutely. the success that you've had and the drive and the like everything that we've talked about that's built you to be where you're at now and still did work that you're doing. You know, what's some advice to tell these, you know, 16 to 18 year olds out there that are really stepping into a realm of creativity where they have all the opportunities to do whatever they want to do and accomplish when it comes to tech or when it comes to any sort of marketing? What's the advice that you have for them? For sure. For the youth, I think the number one thing on my mind is um, use technology to your advantage and not to Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, whoever app you're on, not to their advantage because they want your time and they want your life and they want the best years of your life. So I don't want to be that, you know, that old guy that's like, get off your phone or use less. But, you know, the mental health thing it's exasperated by screen time at night. Like they show for every hour you're exposed to bright lights, like screens after 10 PM, 
it just damages your REMS and your brain can't heal wow. and just lots of little things like that. And it adds up with the screen time and, and apps and your dopamine system gets all jacked up with, you know, just the apps and Instagram and TikTok and whatnot. And, and I'm, again, these are fabulous tools and they're accelerating information sharing, and especially in the creative realm with like yeah. all the creative TikToks and like the awesome videos and exciting different technological aspects. Like I just I just started tapping into YouTube shorts and I was looking okay. at the interface, you know, and I was like, what is this button? Like this like weird, like, uh -huh. you know, uh, match frame, whatever thing and like all this stuff. I'm like, man, and these kids have been pumping out TikToks for yeah. a few years now. And it's like, I made a vine back in the day. But <laughs> they don't know about that, man. Right. That was, that was, uh, that's, that's where it started. People don't understand. That was a, the, the four place, the format of everything. Exactly. So it's, so my big thing and the advice I have is just, just try and use technology for your benefit and to just really kind of evaluate, okay, like I am kind of mindlessly scrolling right now. What's that all about? Like, yeah. should I be exercising or should I be outside getting some sunlight? Cause it's good for the, the circadian rhythm and, and then also just kind of like optimizing your body too, like the mental and the physical, they're one with each other. And if one is low, the other is going to be low. So you have to really just kind of, and with all the awesome accounts and things like, I'm really excited that scientists and science is finally getting into like the social media space, like doctors, like real yeah. good doctors are finally like making TikToks and, and doing awesome things. Like I'm really big on the Andrew Huberman lab podcast. He's a, professor of ophthalmology and biology or something like that at Stanford. Okay. And he may, he has a podcast um, and he does Instagram live and he does all the cool education. Wow. And he, and that's where I get a lot of my, you know, facts from is like from his stuff. It's like, wow. Like who knew that like viewing screen time at night really jacked up your brain. Like, and he's really kind of exposing those uh, behavioral things and a lot of like neurobiological hacks too. Like for instance, his big thing is like getting a morning sunlight, like the early morning sunlight is really good for the brain and oh, okay. soothing. And then another little random hack is looking side to side into your peripheral vision. It hacks like the, uh, I forget what part of the brain it is, but like the center that deals with anxiety, it's like it, it's oh, better dang. for it to look, you know, on its side. Because if you think about like True. our evolutionary biology, predators behind us, if you're kind of yeah. looking in that peripheral the brain, you know, because when we're on screens, we're just looking dead ahead and, you know, it's... Oh, yeah, you can't see anything going on behind you. Exactly. So there's a million and one little things that technology kind of disrupts the natural aspect of us. And so that's just my advice is just to kind of dial in your biology because technology is only going to get more exasperated and more, especially like I think Apple is said to um, be previewing their Apple AR glasses yeah. in this next mm -hmm. keynote. So imagine what that's going to be like when you have just, you know, the, your smartphone, but it's integrated into your face. And it's a, yeah, it's a scary scene, so man. The next steps and technology yeah. will only with more access become, you know, comes more, uh, more issues and more complications with what reality is. And sure. it's, it can be tampered with. And again, our human minds are just so <laughs> our little monkey brain. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just yeah. so sensitive, man. And it is just easy to get caught up in stuff that's not even necessarily going on in, you know, concrete time. So. It's, it's, it's crazy. But again, man, thank you again for, you know, stepping in and really sharing your experiences with us. It's been it's my pleasure. very, it's been a good honor to have you back or to have you back in Phoenix, but to have you on for the first time on the BHD podcast. And, you know, thanks for